0: Gunner. I play in a local Austin band called The Big Gun Show. I created this podcast to sit down with other songwriters, musicians, artists, and lovers of music to talk about their top five records that have inspired their lives and their musical prowess. Today I'm rapping with Kevin McKinney. We had an awesome conversation about his top five records. We talk about how at least one of the records was of childish importance. We talk about how Fellow soul hat guitarist Billy Cass turned him on to Jimi Hendrix and how he gets jam guilt. Love that. He describes Talk Talk's effort as an art project, but soothing and spooky. He calls it a massage and how he found it at a, at a bookstore in college. you got to leave that space, right? Let's get to the conversation, but first, close your eyes. You're on a stranded desert island. What five albums do you have? All right. Kevin, how's it going, brother? Real good. Thanks. Hanging in there. I'm excited to uh, be talking to you today. Um, yeah, so I've known you for quite some time, um, back since like 89 or 90, probably.
1: Probably 90. Yeah. Well, I guess it's possible 89, but I mean, I didn't really start coming down to Austin and Georgetown until about 90, I feel like. Okay.
0: Yeah, well, Black Cat, I remember totally remember Black Cat. Free, dog, like, free hot dogs and dollar, tall boy, Pabst Blue Ribbons. So that's um, always something that's ingrained in my mind. In the <laughs> hot dog fights and all that stuff. I don't remember the hot dog fights. Maybe it was when you weren't playing there. Anyway, so you've got <laughs> top five albums here, okay? I want to go ahead and list them off. Um, Aerosmith, Live Bootleg, Jimi Hendrix, Electric Ladyland beatles the beatles the white album aka the white album uh talk talks spirit of eden which i cannot wait to talk to you about because i don't understand it yet uh and the clash i chose combat rock to listen to all right so you've got these five records kevin where are you taking these records i'm taking them to the moon
1: because uh eventually probably gonna have to live there and uh probably be a space problem on the spaceship so uh yeah i'll be taking be. those five LPs.
0: Yeah. hopefully they have a record player up there huh
1: it'll <laughs> probably be a little finger app where you just yeah. rub your finger on the grooves and yeah there you go right a little ring uh,
0: they're gonna have that one day you know that right
1: i hope so yeah i hope i invent it
0: yeah <laughs> make some money off of that i thing, hope dude. i just
1: invented it right now
0: uh right on okay so, so we've got these albums clearly you're outside sounds great birds there. not as
1: bird as doesn't like my choices apparently <laughs> like you need some funky funkier records in your collection bro. uh
0: so talk to me you Now, i always say this that everybody picks their top five records for different reasons um specifically musicians have a really hard time picking just five albums um or records we'll call them um, is there a specific way that you went about choosing these? I did. I, I thought about, um,
1: that these were the records that just best ex, uh, exhibited what I like about music and, okay. and maybe also having, uh, in the case of, of, of a couple of them, just to, childhood importance uh, like the Aerosmith record was one that I had at a very early age and uh, no doubt carved my rock and roll uh, right. Jones if you will and yeah. I still listen to that record to this day and I still it gets me excited and makes me want to do all that stuff. Plug in and turn up. So I figure yeah, after all these years can't
0: let that one stay on earth with me with okay not me with with everyone else yeah (laughs) okay well so let's talk about live bootleg um here's what i like about that album number one it really sounds like it sounds live and i love um they recorded it in like different places
1: well, if you trust what people say on the records, it, it sounds like maybe they just were recording all their shows and uh, those were the versions that they found. I guess that probably wasn't uncommon back then to have a multi-track machine out there in, in the truck.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So talk to me, what is it about this album? So you just said that this was an album you had when you were a kid and it kind of shaped your your kind of vision of rock and roll.
1: Yeah, well, Aerosmith was was the band I loved. The only band I really ever listened to as a kid, while my friends were listening to Kiss and I for some reason my parents bought me some Aerosmith records and then I kept kept you know, demanding more. Uh I don't know, man, there's just something about that record. I loved staring at all those photos on the inside and just like trying to figure out what's, what what the- it why is he wearing two guitars that's cool or what's that red bc rich i didn't just all that stuff and then now over you know, over time you you learn more but um just the music i know back then i wanted to be a drummer uh, joey kramer probably is an underrated yeah. drummer but i i don't know just the songs are a little more revved up obviously they're the drugs they were taking or whatever but the, the versions you know some of their studio versions Are classic, of course, but on this this record, there's a lot of out of control tempos and uh, yeah, totally, The the tones, the guitar tones are are ridiculous. The the bass, you can hear, you can really just hear the that Music Man Stingray bass, which when you're a kid, you don't know you don't know what it is, but you're like, how come that tone just really sticks through. And
0: so, was Joe was Joe Perry like one of your idols growing up? Yeah, he was my main.
1: Yeah, he was my guy. Okay. And then you know you learn over time. You're like, oh, he's in the right speaker. So now when I listen to it, I can go, oh, I, that's Joe. As a kid, you don't know who's who. You don't, you just have to wonder, right? Um, and then it turns out a lot of the great stuff was the other guy, you know. And you know, yeah. I don't know if I'm explaining it, but it just just.
0: Um, yeah, Brad Whitford,
1: Mr. Whitford. Mr. And then on Whitford. side four, there's a kind of a little set from when they first started out it's a you know a couple songs from 73 or something from this little radio gig you know
0: I got they were you. great
1: man from the get-go they were a great band
0: well and then i mean for a rock and roll band like that i believe that you have to have a front man that's going to be flamboyant blah 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 um i mean all the, all the greatest rock and roll bands have that right Not you all. gotta have a front guy yeah you got to that can get all dressed up and all glammed out and shit and then
1: I saw him in uh Vegas last December and he's 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 impressive. I never oh, yeah. seen him before and he's he's still got it and
0: he's he really is a you know yeah. rock and roll machine. Um and then Steven Tyler. I mean, I have his autobi I mean, is, is it an autobiography? I'd have to borrow that from you. Uh yeah, I I think it's 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 called Steven Tyler yeah, it, it's an autobiography I haven't read it yet but um you definitely need to I mean I need to I'm, I'm all into these autobiography books and that right now I'm, I'm about to finish Waylon Jennings read Myrtle Haggard Buck Owens um those are all autobiographies I love the way that it sounds like they're talking to you
1: yeah you know? I have to borrow that
0: and then I uh I uh what did I get um yeah, I've I've um I've been reading the double McClinton I've I've in the past year I've written like 12 biography books about musicians so Perfect. I I love it when like I was reading Bobby Keys autobiography 5 6 years ago and uh there was this one line when he said you know we had to go behind the barn you know get high and so I was like I was like ooh that's Great. I dropped the book. I grabbed my guitar and wrote, let's get behind the barn. So, you know, I've taken, taking those things and I just wrote another one. Uh, Merle said something about uh, halfway to something. And I was just like, Oh, that's a song. And so then I went and wrote that one. Anyway. So uh, what else about uh, Aerosmith? I mean, they're definitely one of the groundbreaking rock and roll bands. I mean, who, who else is up there? The Stones, uh, ACDC,
1: yeah, but they're the, the the best American. I mean, obviously there's a, a bunch of great American, kind of MC5 and Stooges and all that, but didn't quite have maybe the mainstream rock and roll right uh, that I was afforded in in Plano <laughs> <laughs> at the time.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, wow. Joe Perry. Yeah. Joe Perry, man. I mean, he's, I think he's epic. The, he's, he's come up with so many, I mean, licks that are just legendary, you know?
1: Yeah. The way I look at it is anything that, that that's being played that you, you go, wow, that's really good. It's probably Brad Whitford, but if, it, if somebody's playing something that you go, how the hell did you do that? It's always Joe Perry. So that's why those guys work together. Cause you got a straight guy and
0: a, Blurry guy. There you go. I like it. I like it. <laughs> okay. Well, no, definitely. I, um, I'll pro- I'm um, i debating on whether I want to read the um, testimony, of Robbie Robertson's about the, his life or um, what's the other one I have here? Um, I have the Beastie Boys, but I, I think I need to do the Stephen Tyler next.
1: Yeah, let me know how he describes... <laughs> You know, they always talk about them being so high and all that. And I'm just like, well, if they were so on so much drugs, how do they still perform? That's what I want to know. Maybe just get out of the good drugs.
0: But uh, <laughs> the, the I wouldn't pure, have been able to do that. 100% pharmaceutical, I think, yeah.
1: I think I would have been quite successful.
0: Yeah. Or, or how do they remember everything? You know, Or maybe they were exaggerating. <laughs> hmm maybe so (laughs) maybe Uh, not okay well let's talk about another album if you unless you have anything else you want to say about Aerosmith's live no
1: it's just to me that that would always you know if I only had five records that would always bring me back to childhood and it would always give me just kind of a rock and roll uh, all the rock and roll I really needed okay so that's why I chose that
0: all right so then let's let's cruise on over to right on a uh, dragonfly and talk about jimmy's electric ladyland well again
1: i guess i'm a sucker for a double album um but electric ladyland was you know had the best his best singing on it probably and uh, i think it has some of the greatest guitar tones on it and it's just you know he he wasn't just a great guitar player. He had a message. He had a vibe. He had a look. He had a cool band. Uh, and that record is just—it's got some of the, my favorite guitar moments. Yeah, but it's not guitar like Joe Satriani guitar. You know, it's real and it's—it
0: it, it it's
1: feels, a, it feels it's more live to me. Elemental. Okay. He's—he's he's not trying to show off. I don't. Think with his. I mean, he obviously was, but it's not like techniquey. Everyone knows this already, but it's just to me that album is a. If I only had to have one Jimi Hendrix record, it would be that.
0: Yeah, I, I I hear you. I'm. My wife is a massive Jimi Hendrix fan. She's got in her little office. She's got a picture of him and a picture of Stevie Nicks. Those are like her two pieces of art in that room. Yeah. Um. But so yeah, you know, I mean I, there's super well known songs there. Um Crosstown Traffic, Booty Child, um the reprise is the one I I always remember. Rainy Day, Watchtower, all, all of those, you know. And I just um yeah, double album. Um and it was what sixty eight, I think is when when that, that was recorded or released at least. Mm,
1: that that's that's uh I would say sixty nine for some reason because the second album might have been sixty eight, but they' You know i'm not an expert on the year on that one man i don't know that that first voodoo child is the one the one on side one
0: yeah
1: oh yeah that has some of the greatest guitar tone and and just uh slaying of, of my brain
0: there you go <laughs> so when, when were you turned on to and, and yeah when did you have this record?
1: Well, man, uh, there's a couple bands that were ruined for me, like with, with the radio, when you grew up in a small, not a small town, but it, you know, you you only hear like Pink Floyd, for example, you'd only hear uh, another brick in the wall and, you know, a handful of songs and it doesn't tell you the whole story. So with Jimi Hendrix, you'd hear, Hey Joe, you'd hear. uh, Crosstown traffic. No, you wouldn't hear that. You'd hear Purple Haze, you'd hear. Hey, Joe, and that might be it. Uh, you know, Billy Cassis probably turned me onto the, the Jimi Hendrix stuff in college um, is when I would have heard that. I, never, I wouldn't have heard that growing up. Okay. And uh, just, you know, in those days when we were doing our thing, uh, he was way into that. And he maybe shepherded me into the Jimi Hendrix camp Band of Gypsies is a close number two album of his but again if I'm going to be on the moon I don't want to have a double album
0: (laughs) you want more songs I need a double dose that's like saying that you're going to pick Exile Main Street because it's a double album that's not I don't think that's the best one. but it's also the best so well I would disagree because I I believe there can't be a greatest one because they're all awesome yeah that's true um, so let's talk about um, Jimi Hendrix and influence on you. What has it done to you as a musician? Well, I love nothing more to
1: have a selfish jam uh, on stage once or twice. Um, lately, it's kind of funny. I started having this thing I call jam guilt where I'm up there doing it and I, I, feel, I hear myself going, I should stop. but uh <laughs> the jam jam meter has has run out I need to put more coins in it but man there's just something about having a strat and a fuzz pedal and and just transmitting as colonel bruce would have called it and you're just like just chaos and it, it doesn't have anything to do with pre-planned licks or moments it's just guess getting in touch with some kind of cosmic-y hippie frequency ufo stuff yeah <laughs> that makes any sense
0: it does you know i've it always had like, the
1: spirit uh, of of, of improv uh trying to latch on to a special moment it doesn't always happen but it when it does it's it's why you do it for me right. you know i never want to prepare no, that's, that i mean that's
0: that's the whole point of it right as long as you for me escape.
1: it isn't a lot of a lot of my friends are, are a lot more uh, rehearsal based uh, I think a lot of bands are into that now where they, they want everything to be perfect and, and rehearsed and it's not cute to mess up you know in the modern world of everybody's filming you all the time but uh, I, I just crash and burn I don't
0: care there you go yeah you know I mean it, I think this is a perfect example of kind of what you're talking about with, with this album because it doesn't sound perfect in any way shape or form in, at least in my opinion, when I listen to it, you know, you can hear the flubs. It's not, it's not super crystal clear. It's not, it's not what you hear coming out today. Oh, hell no. I love it. Thank God. Yeah. You know, this is the next album we're recording. We're going to, I'm trying to do it a lot more live and imperfect because you know, the last two ones I did with AJ Vallejo and they they're exactly what we were, kind of shooting for at that time and Mm -hmm. it's just you know you could always change something i i don't want to do that i want to i want some imperfections and it's so cliche but it's true
1: yeah i mean that that takes you back to another guy that i I was trying to cram in in this list but i couldn't figure out the album but like neil young was never afraid to suck and you know you can hear him bonk his harmonica into the microphone while he's singing leave it on that's fine but yeah. I couldn't figure out a Neil Young record that I wanted to go to another space with. And, uh, maybe his, his complete works. I would have taken that. But anyway, that's just, Jimmy. That's, uh, that's uh, cheating, though. Just a complete well, yeah, That's why. Best I, of. That's why I didn't do it. I didn't want <laughs> to let you down.
0: <laughs> well.
1: And Jimi Hendrix tuned, you know, the tuning of the guitar down a half step. You know, I'm sure he wasn't the first to do that, but that is such a cool thing. To, to, it really makes a difference. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you ever messed with that. But I have it's not. A huge makes a huge difference. Yeah,
0: tune your guitar to E flat and, and uh, call me back. Okay. <laughs> I, I can give it a try. That sounds actually fun. Um, so, yeah, you know, you speaking of, you were just saying something about... Um, I guess we're talking about imperfections and and stuff like that. But um, let's mosey on over to talk about Talk Talk and uh, Spirit of Eden. So what I I did a little digging on these guys, and this is their fourth studio album. It was released in 88. And uh, apparently they had a really big hit with their previous album called, uh, it was called Color of Spring. Mm-hmm. and then EMI was like, hey, you got unlimited budgets. What do you, what do you whatever want? you want to do. <laughs> and, they
1: and, they they're like, okay.
0: and I even heard, I heard that, or I read that um, they wouldn't let any, like, EMI executives or anybody into the room. Or up, and they wouldn't let anybody in the room to come and, and listen to what they're doing. And they sent a cassette to EMI, and EMI was like, well, I think you need to do this, and they're like, fuck off. We're doing we we want to do it. Yeah. Thanks. So, um, do you consider this kind of post rock?
1: Yeah, obviously this is, it's not it's just an art project. Um, I like that. art project. One, one of these records that somebody in college turns you on to. And I remember it was this guy, John Kotarski had it. And then I found it at the bookstore at Southwestern, a CD of it. And it had to be a hard to find sort of weird CD. That, I don't know why they would have had it for sale at the bookstore, but I bought it and uh you know the reason why i would include this is just it's very soothing and spooky and not rock and and it's like a, a a massage or something it's it's not you can't i mean i could have picked some jazz record or something but i just i don't know for some reason this one has enough elements of jazz to me without being kind of you know show-offy again uh, and uh, it's just a calming album it really is it i put it on and i just kind of lay back and i would encourage everybody to get it there's another one called the laughing Stock." and i can't believe that uh, the record company let them do another one but they did they must have had a, a bulletproof contract or something and they made a, a very similar album after it. it may be better but i went with the spirit of eden and I listened to it just last night, and uh, it's magic.
0: Influences? How does it help? How does it
1: shape you? It doesn't. It only just to 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 remember that music doesn't have to always be like oh a drummer going boom boom, boom. you know typical. It's okay to leave space in your music. Uh, there's lots of times where there's nothing going on but just a, an organ and no singing and, and that'll be it's just a space i suppose would be the okay the takeaway on that one um but it, it it would never probably influence my music in, in this to trying to emulate it
0: um, so do you pick this one because it's it's soothing this is what you escape Pretty much,
1: yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, you could pick an album like Peter Gabriel's uh, Passion or uh, I'm sure there's a million kind of electronic albums or something, but this one's just very hypnotic-y. Yeah, you got to relax with music from time to time. Can't always be grabbing you, shaking you.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree, you know, it's... I mean, I'm a, I'm much more rock and roller kind of you know outlaw country guy, and you know I have influences whatnot, but there's certain times where you just want to kind of unplug, and I think that's what you're talking about here.
1: And it's, it really sounds good. It's a it's a, a very well recorded, neat
0: yeah audio I'm, audio candy. I was I was reading that they they did a, a, just a shit ton of overdubs. In this album, and they would just sit there in a dark room for twelve hours at a time, recording stuff. yeah did you like it? Yeah, I did. I did. I I don't understand it fully yet, and I always say that because you know people will talk about albums that they love, and i I basically I get your albums, I listen to all of them, I try to research them as much as I can. but you know there's certain albums I, I I just don't understand. I don't understand how they could fit into somebody's top five. Like this one would never be in my top five, but (laughs) I, 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 I I can't say that I don't like it because I just haven't, I haven't given it a, a full chance. I only listened to it once.
1: I think it's just, yeah, it's just not, you can't just have a, I don't listen to a lot of country and, or any modern, music. I don't know. I just love it. It's a great record.
0: Fair enough. You love it. Can't I love deny, it. Can't deny love. I love it. I love it, man. Um, I love it so much. Okay. So now, um, what was I going to uh, say about... Oh, yeah. B- before we cruise on to anything else, have you ever heard of... Do you listen to podcasts at all? No. Um, Go check out The 27 Club. Okay. It's this guy, Jake Brennan, and he does... He also his main podcast is Disgrace Land, which is awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but this one he has twelve episodes about Jimi Hendrix. Okay, like thirty minute episodes, and it goes through like all of this different. If you if you like Jimi, you'll dig that podcast. Okay, and they're Will just be. like thirty minute episodes, and I I like the way he tells stories. Um, okay, and then moving on, I want to tell you about another podcast, uh, Stay Free. And it is the story of the Clash narrated by Chuck D. Oh, perfect! And it—that's it, only six episodes, but it, it's—I've uh, just—I binge that for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's it's I super, that, I like to hear Because you know, it's—I <laughs> mean, there are a lot of like uh, Clash, Clash, you know, Chuck D. Um, kind of similarities in their attitudes. That makes mm-hmm. sense. So, um, having said that, let's talk about the Clash. Yeah. Combat rock. You also said Sandinista, but I, I you said it as a toss-up, so I I, I kind of made the executive decision and said it was, yeah. gonna, uh, it was gonna be Combat Rock. Oh, it, and it, I'll tell it, you the I'm, reason. The real reason was not because Sandinista is not a better album, because it, it, was, um, it, was, it was three was much, days to listen to much, it. much much shorter. <laughs> and I didn't have as much well, time. Well, I think as that's one. why
1: I picked that one first, is because it's one of those records that no matter how many times you've heard it. There's always some song when you listen to it, you're like, I don't
0: remember ever
1: hearing that song before. There's a hundred songs on it. Um, but it's it is not my favorite clash record. It it is one of one of my faves, but the combat rock. Um side two especially just is, is just so
0: weird. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: there's like, there's what some, is this music? There is some weird love stuff it. going on there for sure, no doubt. But see, I love
1: that because, uh, you know, The Clash as a punk rock band is great, but it doesn't keep me wanting to hear it over and over again. And then their middle period is great. Amazing. But same thing. It isn't interesting to me. The songs are great, but sonically and all that, it's like, OK, well, I'll, I'll listen to that again six months from now. But the Combat Rock, you know, it's got those hits on it, which are amazing. Um, mm-hmm. But... uh six or seven just kind of post rock and roll just art again but they all have a beat and they have interesting heart you know bizarre guitar that isn't really guitar there's still a little bit of a probably some political stuff going on there but it doesn't hammer you Uh, with it Uh, it's i don't know it's kind of a passive album where you put it on and you can be in 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 it or not but you're still kind of dancing the whole time and i just love i love the clash as a band and and you got to have some
0: kind of punk rock energy and you you said they're talking about rights and stuff i mean the very first song is know your rights
1: yeah, you know? yeah, that song's important. Just as a just, even if that was the only thing that was said, was just, hey, know your rights.
0: Yeah. Um, but the, mean, it's that's
1: such that's a nice. hilarious song. <laughs>
0: For sure. Get the right
1: not to be killed.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <That's> it, totally. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I, I mean, I enjoy listening to The Clash. I don't get a chance to listen to them as much as I, I want to, mainly because, um, I just now I get the way I do this is I get the five albums from whoever I want to interview. I favorite them in Spotify. Mm -hmm. And then I go listen to them. So now I have a whole new catalog of all these other people's favorite albums. And Mm -hmm. so now whenever I need to go listen, I go, Oh, which one did I enjoy last? And I'll go listen to that one. So, you know, I I always say thanks for, for turning me on to new stuff. Although this, I I didn't know this album. let me ask you a question. Is there one
1: album that keeps popping up? Yes. Over and over again? Yes. Uh, Well,
0: Jimi Hendrix uh, is one of the most um, favorited um, artists, but never um, really the same album. Mm -hmm. So I've had like three people. I think it was Plankin' Horn. um, Somebody else had... um, It might have been Nick James or... um, Dave sure. It was Dave Sure, I think he had a, but it was and Rosie Flores had a, had a Jimmy album. Uh, the Beatles is another one, uh, but mm-hmm. the same one has not come up yet. I've had Revolver. I've had uh, Magical Mystery Tour. I haven't had the White Album come up yet. Well, wow. Segway. Um, actually, probably the most I think three people chose Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder. Yeah. I can see that. Johnny Gowdy picked a different one. I forget which one it was, but it was uh, a, um, a different one. It didn't have like Sarduk and on inner it. visions. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. There you go. Right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I also have another appreciation for the class just from listening to that Stay Free podcast. I, I'll I'll text this to you so you can you can go check yeah. it out. But it's it's um it's 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 a good one.
1: Yeah, I mean they're amazing in the and how they changed so fast. I mean, Beatles too, but Clash they started off as this punk band and then they got this amazing drummer and and then and then here they are making this kind of sophisticated weird art rock. It's great, and then there's still that kind of reggae under under jam oh, yeah, going for on sure. too. Oh, and for and sure. uh, you know, Joe
0: Strummer, like he, he he meant it. Yeah. I've got a friend of mine that just named his kid, his middle name is Strummer. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, clash top notch in my opinion. And, you know, I mean, again, we're looking at a lot of these bands that, that you're choosing that they, they basically just say, I mean, this is what I define rock and roll as. It's an attitude. It's not really a style of music. So I believe that William Waylon, especially and Merle Haggard, those guys are just as much rock and roll as, uh, keith or jimmy you know
1: sure
0: so. surely um all right so as we mosey on down the road um the beatles the white album it was origi- mm-hmm. it was originally um just called the beatles and right. then everybody started calling it the white album i heard or i read that Actually, I, I didn't know this, that because of Magical Mystery Tour and all, all the glammy, kind of artsy covers and colors and all that stuff, they're like, we want to keep it simple and be completely <laughs> different from the last. Um, it was their ninth studio album, uh, released really? in 1968. And it was mostly written at a transcendental meditation, meditation in India. Absolutely. Read that. Um, what's his name? Um, Donovan. <laughs> uh, that that that. Uh, who, um, who's the guitarist? Um, why is he escaping me? Anyway, he hadn't played a guitar. He'd been playing sitar for like two years, and then he finally got to play acoustic guitar again. Oh, it Dave really...
1: Mason, maybe? No, no, the the, the Beatles guy. The <laughs> oh, guy.
0: George Harrison. Yes, George Harrison. That's right. I
1: thought you were talking about someone that was hanging out at the. Yeah, okay.
0: Anyway, yeah, George Harrison. And I I also, um, this is the the time when Yoko kind of came into the picture and started throwing a a wrench into the plan. Yeah. Man, and I just learned,
1: I didn't realize that Paul McCartney, I guess Ringo had quit the band. And uh, Paul McCartney plays drums on the first three songs.
0: Really? I didn't know that.
1: I didn't either. Lars told me that. And he hates it. He's like, oh, he's the worst drummer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Never bothered uh, me. L-
0: L- Lars Grohansen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah,
1: he met, He's he uh helped me finish my last couple records you know, that just came out. There's a new one, Vegetable, v- that vegetable. Uh, he 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 uh mastered and mixed handful of tunes and helped me kind of. He them for you too. Yeah, he did a great job. He's
0: I love Lars. He's great. I, I did too. I uh, we did a an, our first big Gun, the Big Gun show EP with him. Yeah, um, but we did it like in three days. It, that's that was kind of the deal we made with him. So we had to kind of rush it.
1: Well, there you go. And Sounds friend. like that's what you want to do with your next album. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I'd
0: like to. I'd like to do it in more like six days, but I don't really want to rush it. <laughs> I want to. Um, anyway, my, my friend, uh, one of my guys that I used to record with, do you know, Andy Sharp? That sounds familiar. He's, I probably do, yeah. he's got a place up just North of 183. Um, and he used to be like, kind of his, like Lars used to be his mentor and he used to always say, he would sit in the back and go, Apple K, Apple K. And just like tell him <laughs> what to do for the couch because <laughs> he was just like engineering, like for, uh, him mastering stuff, I mean, or producing stuff. Anyway, okay, White Album. This is like, I think this is probably the most well-known Beatles album ever.
1: I don't know about that.
0: Which ones would you? Well, what would up? you
1: say? Sgt. Pepper, maybe?
0: For me, maybe. it's the White Album. I, I don't know what it was, The Mystique. Maybe it was just the time of my life when I heard it. I, I don't know. Uh, that's yeah. that. That's just my opinion. Um, I mean, you can t- you can say Revolver, Abbey Road, uh, Sgt. Pepper's, Magic. Ma- they've got a ton of good albums.
1: Well, yeah, no, they didn't have any bad albums. Yeah, but this one has. Um, again, if I'm going to the moon, I want more content. But one of my favorite tricks to not tricks, but games to play with people is like, what would you? How would you turn the Out Al- Beatles' White Album into a ten-song album? You know, how, yeah. how would you? Reshuffle that thing and it's kind of funny to see everyone has a different take Um, but I don't
0: know all right well how would you You gotta have
1: oh wow I wrote it down once they kind of do it for you you know (laughs) if you look at the track listing you can see where the the slop you know the 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 beginnings of, of side one and then it gets kind of squirrely. The beginnings of side three. And then it gets pretty squirrely. So. Um, but I look at it like, I don't pick the 10 best songs. I pick, like, how, how do you make the best album okay. out of 10 of, of these 30 songs? Yeah, well, I, I totally, totally
0: agree. I mean, it's it, this is, I mean, the whole reason for, the, for this podcast is to make people say, this was my favorite record because right you know xyz uh it influenced me a, as a child aerosmith live bootleg yeah uh, this is a complete album because it does this and this and this it define whatever it is everybody's gonna have their own opinion and you clearly have yours on this one and i i think it's a great album too i just i don't know how i would pick the best beatles album i don't have a beatles in my top ten now. i mean top five
1: i mean i just had figured if you're if you're only gonna have five artists the beatles have the they wrote the best pop rock songs the melodies the the playing the singing it's amazing to me it's kind of borderline crappy if you want to look at it under that light but it's it's amazingly perfect at the same time yeah and there's a bunch of acoustic um beautiful you know at that camp you were talking about they Paul and John learned how to do the Travis picking thing, hanging out with Donovan from what I was told. And and like all of a sudden they're like the masters at that, you know, and there's three or four tuned Julia. And uh, there's a couple of other ones. It's just amazing acoustic finger style greatness. Yeah. I love it.
0: No doubt. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's that, I mean, the acoustic songs there. I mean, one of the first ones that like, most people learn is Blackbird. If they can get that, they're like, "Wow, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm awesome at guitar." Yeah, I, ne- I never learned it.
1: Well, you don't need to learn it.
0: <laughs> Everyone else has learned it for you. <laughs> True that. You yeah. should learn
1: uh, the other one instead. Learn "Dear Prudence." Oh, that one oh, yes. will screw song. you up.
0: Yeah, but such—I mean, that—that that is like a legendary song. I mean, it's, people always ask me, you know, you know, if you're going to pick a, a best stone songs, your favorite stone song, what is it? And I always say, you got the silver because I wanted that to be my first dance at my wedding. Um, but, you know, I, I, I can't pick a, a, a best stone song. That's impossible. It's just like, I mean, you <laughs> tell me your, your favorite Beatles song. Is it, is it dear prudence or is it, um, mm. is it a, I don't know uh, really,
1: love you yeah 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 <laughs> I couldn't pick one I, that's it. what I'm saying it's hard it's pointless <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pointless to think about that <laughs> oh
0: see I love these quotes you come up with here pointless. that's a dumb
1: thing to, to think about uh, uh but yeah apparently that's paul on drums and dear prudence until the end ringo comes in and overdubs all those fills and, you know i guess they decided to tell him that they loved him and brought him back in and covered his drum set with roses and all that what did you what do you think about ringo well i think ringo's great i mean come on i'm not i don't love uh the best musicians as far as the execution, Technically, so yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't, I don't,
0: I don't need that. the uh, Ringo just played perfect, perfect. I, love him. I mean, I just, I feel, I feel he did exactly what he needed to do to make that band great. I feel like he served the song. Yeah. But he also had a very distinctive personality.
1: I know. Uh, he would stick that in there too. So it's not like he just. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. He's amazing.
0: Well, well fair enough, man. I, I agree. Um, he just is on a new Ray Wiley Hubbard track.
1: Oh yeah. Perfect.
0: Bad trick. Have you heard the song? Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Go check it out. Um. Right. Joe Walsh is playing lead guitar. Don Was is playing bass. Um. Nice. Ringo, and then Chris Robison uh, uh, whatever. Uh, for the black crows is, pl- is singing back up. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Brand- yeah. <laughs> Brand- <laughs> hopefully hopefully so man. His new album I, I haven't had a chance to sit down like I, I think he just released a new track that uh he did with the um what's it called three the Tennessee three year oh well. Anyway. So the Beatles. Well I it, tell me who doesn't like the Beatles. Hmm I can't tell you who doesn't like the Beatles well there's always there's you know there's nobody can appeal to everybody my mom probably doesn't like the Beatles how about that (laughs) my mom does like the Beatles Uh, my grandmother loved George Strait like was her idol perfect Um, so uh, what else you got to say about the Beatles come on you gotta have something else here
1: uh, no, I mean, it's just, to me, as far as songwriting goes, they're the best, you know? Uh, you, just when you think, okay, well, okay, John Lennon is clearly the best, then George Harrison will, you know, slay you with something. And then, well, then there's Paul, you know, they're just a magical band that just, and they were so young and they did so much and all of it was good. And... They again They had a message that was a positive. I think you know, most of their songs are about love, and, and I think that's
0: cool. Yeah, at times corny. I think, um, eh. some of some of the later if
1: you're on the moon, no.
0: <laughs> true <laughs> that, uh, um, no, yeah, but um, you know, I and I, I, I mean, you, they're just ingrained, and I agree with you. I think that of a, like a, a songwriting. Partnership that those guys had it did it better than anybody else. Yeah, they they didn't leave a lot
1: for anyone else. They kind of did it. Yeah, uh I just I don't know. I just to me, when I was a kid, my dad had a bunch of records and he had a bunch of records that that I can't explain why he had them. And Beatles' Revolver was the only Beatles album we had. So I could have easily picked that one. But um, over time, I just think that the, the White Album, it's got some pretty ridiculous stuff on it too that satisfies my, ass and, you know, psychedelic brain or whatever. Um,
0: <laughs> I, right. I gotta have some of that. Well, you so, got that and Jimi Hendrix too. That was a very psychedelic I, I have, album. I have to have it.
1: It. I um, have to have it
0: so okay well um, tell me a little bit about you where people can find you here online on the good old It's not app. easy
1: not an easy thing
0: Ah uh, I don't have a
1: website sorry guys no website um, no website you just have to find me on the Facebook or the soul hat page. I've been doing a lot of those live streams kind of just in and out of the Soul Hat page, just because it seems like that's where there's the most people that aren't really in my life are. You know, I don't want to just reach out to the same 14 dudes that that I, that I know. <laughs> listen, <laughs> they're yeah, gonna listen, buy my record, right? <laughs> and I, I'm thankful for them. But I, I gotta try to get some other people. Um, so yeah, I've been doing that. Uh, get the Instagram. Instagram I don't do a ton of stuff on that. I should. I probably will. But I Kevin do. guinea
0: guitars? Yeah. Um, I loved some of your your Instagram posts when you were saying alien face or bra. <laughs> or <laughs> I think that's that. I must be walking around
1: the yard and oh, look at that. That's weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that looks like an alien face. Or it Instagram. does. <laughs> <laughs> it did. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. how's this, this all this COVID stuff treating you I mean are you you're just doing the live stream stuff now yeah I, I love it
1: <laughs> I'm having a great time I've still been working um, at the guitar shop Austin Vintage guitars so okay. I'm, I'm lucky to have still and it's, it's a mellow situation there's not like a bunch of people running around right. sneezing on you so I have, I do that and I'll go to the grocery store, but I don't do anything else. I stay home and I've got plenty to do at home. I've got a million records, I got a million guitars, and I'm doing great.
0: I Love it. Uh, you know what? I can't complain either. Uh, it's forced me to stay home and write more music and listen to more stuff, read more. Um, but I still have that little, you know, that thing that I need to inject in my arm, which is called live music that I got to go see. And it's, I'm not, getting, I'm not really getting that
1: yeah
0: because I, I like to smear that stuff all over me you know just rub it in good
1: <laughs> yeah i hear you i haven't done a couple gigs
0: we've been doing so, I, so I, I have this um uh backyard studio it's 10 by 20 i mean you can probably see it right here yeah i see yeah uh, but um you know we've been this is where we practice now and we've been doing like social distancing practices outside so we've got like a couple um you know powered speakers and just take my board out there and a little small board and we can we can easily do all that stuff so it's it works that way too yeah
1: yeah you know i yeah
0: to answer your question i'm i'm fine moving Uh, on yeah me too i mean it, it, it doesn't bother me it's i mean it, it sucks for the world because everybody is, I mean, every, every business is f- shutting down. Everybody's cutting their employees and all that kind of stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately, um, it's, it's been a very good thing for me to kind of get back in touch with myself and my desires and the stuff that I want to move forward with.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you can, you can make any situation good or bad. Decide, you just got to flip the script. So uh,
0: talk, talk about vegetable. How'd you come up with the name for the album?
1: Well, again, I bought some groceries and I had this potato. And, uh, when I looked at it, I saw a face in it, and it's, it's the one that's on the cover and it's very clearly a person, (laughs) uh, Elvis. So I took a lot of pictures of it and I just kind of kept going back to it. You know, making album art is always a drag. It always sucks. And making an album title, it will hold you back. Like, God, I can't think it. of But it was given to me, and it was like vegetable. And so I I tried to beat it. I tried to come up with something better and I just couldn't. Uh, and then so but it I it I think you gotta have at least a double or triple entendre with any kind of album title and you know, vegetable. I feel like I'm a vegetable, what I've done to my brain. <laughs> And then just I feel, you know, I don't eat a lot of meat. I'm not a vegetarian, but I, I try to be. And so vegetable to me, is, you know, there's that. Uh, so there's three levels of vegetable in there. Okay. I, I, but I it's a, I only heard two,
0: but that's all right.
1: Well, there's the literal, the actual
0: vegetable. Uh, okay. You know,
1: all right. face value, this, this triple entendre. What's the word, snipe up? It's not personification, but there is some sort of word of whatever. It doesn't matter. So, you know, a lot of these songs were, uh, I just had laying around and I had discarded them. Just like, I'll never put that out. And then I'm, I just kept hearing them and go, hey, that's pretty good. And then I just called together uh, a a list. I've, I've got three more records to put out. Same thing where it's just like, I kept just listening to these mixes I had and they're good enough. I could clearly, are you? I could redo these songs and, and waste a lot of money and, and be chasing these versions or I could just put them out. So
0: putting uh, them out. I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm struggling with right now is, you know, the next album, what what, what are we going to do? Wh- which material? I've got way too much. and But I've kind of narrowed it down to like 15 songs. So, um, but are you recording this in your house? Uh, Some of them were
1: recorded at the house. I mixed. Okay, I had mixed all of them. The the sessions that we did were able to find. Lars did some mixes of them. But uh, about four of the songs come from a session that we did with uh, Paul Mercurio on bass and Ed Jarosinski on drums over at Mm -hmm. what was Premium Records at the time. Now it's Estuary, I believe. Okay. It was Bruce Robinson's studio and he right. let us go over there for a day and we just cut some songs and Andrew Hernandez um, engineered it and we just did basic tracks and then I took them home and did the vocals and I added some guitars here and there and I mixed them and that's why I didn't put them out because I don't know what I'm doing right? and they were crappy mixes but uh, turns out they weren't, you know, Lars could, could find the the goodness in there with his mastering
0: I didn't know he mastered stuff.
1: Well, now you do. I do. I do. Lars is. Uh, Lars is. You know what I. Whatever. Okay. He's great. Love Lars. We should work with him. I do too. I have worked with him. All right, man. Well, well I mean, if, in, in, with your next record.
0: Yeah. <laughs> At mastering in a mastering uh, capacity. Right on. <laughs> All right, ma'am. Well, listen. Um, so we know we can find you on Instagram. We can find you on the Soul Hat Facebook page. No website.
1: No website. There's a Kevin McKinney Facebook page too. A music page. Uh, again, I don't do a lot on there. Um, I probably will. I'm trying to promote this record, so I'm. I'm gonna, it's just right now I'm sitting tight because there's a lot of stuff going on in the world that seems a little more important than me talking about my record. So I'm. I'm going to sit tight for a little bit and wait for a, a sign to reemerge. Vegetable, maybe. Yeah.
0: Go to the grocery store, see another you know, potato with a face on it. <laughs> You'll see it. You, you look at the potato. I'm going to start looking at potatoes now with, with an eye for faces. Okay. Well, hey, man. Thanks for talking to me today. Appreciate it there very goes, much. Man, yeah. and, Good uh, times. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to call you. Get your address because I need to send you something. All right. All right, brother. Sounds good. Adios. <laughs> so that was Kevin McKinney. I can really see how those records have influenced him and his music. I've been a huge fan of his for a long, long time. And I'm honored to have him on my podcast. If you got the gumption, uh, head over to thebiggunshow.com and check out what my band is up to these days. You can also catch us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube with the handle of The Big Gun Show Band. That's The Big Gun Show Band. The at the beginning, band at the end. Our most consistent gig is our monthly residency at the Little Longhorn Saloon, a.k.a. Ginny's, here in Austin, home of Chicken Ship Bingo. We play the happy hour of first Friday of every month. Bring Grandma, she'll have a blast Come thirsty, be the VIP I'll be back in two weeks And then every other week after that Close your eyes You're back on that desert island again What five records do you have? After that.